When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everybody. So this show is brought to you by LairdSuperfood.com. This is something I'm really proud of. I'm going to do my very best to at least have whatever sponsors we have be something that I'm passionate about, I use in my real life, or something maybe that I've just been exposed to that I want to share with you. Laird Superfood was born out of a habit that I watched Laird for 20 years in our kitchen make these drinks, coffees and teas and smoothies, trying to figure out how do I make it taste better and perform better for me? And literally this is genuinely how this business was born. So I'm excited to share with you about LairdSuperfood.com and you can go there and get a 20% discount at your checkout. You can punch in Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y, the number 20 for your discount. And it's got completely all natural ingredients, all four MCTs, There's no artificial flavors. This is really important. I can get into how difficult that has been to do no artificial flavors. There's no highly refined sugars. You don't need to refrigerate it. And for my vegans and vegetarians, it is plant-based. So for those of you who are trying to sort of get away from dairy, especially on an everyday habit, all of the products are plant-based. And if you're keto, it checks that box off as well. So I'm excited for you to explore and learn all about the flavors the original vanilla, unsweetened, turmeric, cacao. We have mushroom blend, hydrate products that you can take all on the go. And if you're a person who travels a lot, trust me when I tell you, check out the InstaFuel. We've got unsweetened and regular. It's a game changer. So go to LairdSuperfood.com and enjoy. Welcome to the Gabby Reese Show. It's all an experiment. Hey everybody, Gabby here. And so I have a really special guest today. It's someone I'm related to, my middle daughter, Reese Hamilton. And Reese is 16. The reason I wanted to have Reese on the podcast was, I think sometimes, not only generationally, even though I'd like to think of myself as so progressive and hip and cool, there's just things that you know, you need reminding of or re-education. And I use Reese a lot as that resource in my own home. And even just sort of opening up about some of the dynamics about being a kid with a parent like me or a parent like Laird and, and just some of their point of view and also some of the things they have to navigate. I think, you know, we as some of the adults or older people, whatever that means, adults, right? We know kids that sometimes act more like adults than we do just the younger group just a lot that they have to navigate and and we say it a lot like oh your phones and technology and social media but it was just something i thought was important to hear from her 
about what they are in fact navigating, not just what I perceive or I'm projecting that they're navigating. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. And again, it was just to keep the dialogue open and, and also for me to stay as transparent as I can. Mom, I'm not ready for this shit at all. Okay, perfect. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you comfortable? No. How much am I going to pay for this later? A lot. You're going to pay for mammoth. I've been paying for 16 years. <laughs> yeah. It's all been worth it. Oh. <laughs> it has. Yeah. Okay, so I would like to officially welcome you, Reese Hamilton, into our house, into your house. Thank you. And um, I know I told you it was a test. It is a test. It's a technical yeah, a test, test of my patience. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I wanted to talk to you, uh, besides that I am connected to you and you know me pretty well. Fairly. You have some definitions of me that may change over the years, but we'll see how that goes. That's another, that's another show. And um, I've learned a lot from you. And I thought after thinking about it, I was like, there's some interesting points of view. You as a representative of yourself and your generation that maybe you could just share not only with me, but people listening, because I was thinking about it earlier. It's it's sort of like usually people's experiences, be it different. Like, let's say you had a generation that went to war. Their kids generally had a different experience, but still more similar growing up. And what I've come to realize is sort of your generation and these younger generations are having a significantly different world and experience in growing up than, than mine. And certainly even the group a little bit younger than me because of electronics and technology. So I would like to talk about that. But actually, before that, I'd rather talk about something pretty basic. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So as a parent, you you sort of go in thinking, I mean, most parents, we're well-intended. And we think, oh, okay, I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to love them. And, and inevitably, we get it wrong. We just, that's just the way it is, right? If, if we didn't, you wouldn't move out and uh, you wouldn't be different than us. So... You and I have, and your dad, we've all gone through some things. And I guess from you, your point of view as in this role, even though you're not a kid, in the kid role, if there are parents out there listening, sort of confused about maybe what to do to connect or help their kid, you could sort of share what worked and didn't work about some of the things I did or dad did yeah, or have done. It's an ongoing story, obviously. <laughs> I feel like I could definitely, especially in the past like year or two, I've really reflected on like how I have been as a kid and how that like could impact me and how I would try to raise myself. Did it have alcohol involved? Just kidding. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, I would have no idea like how to raise me and how to be a good mother to myself at all. And just so you know, seriously, Reese, you're a great kid. Great oh person. God. I know, I know. But, but I definitely put you through but some that's, trials. Sure, that's every yeah. situation, but every parent feels this way. Yeah, but I think that like a little bit of a tricky dynamic or a little bit of like controversy or like rough patches is important to develop the kid as a person. And sometimes the parents have to play that role and they have to kind of be like a negative and a positive. And like- Wait, what does that mean? Like you've done a lot of- 
positive things and I've definitely learned a lot from you, but I do think- I like the way you at least say that first. (laughs) Growing up, there were some things that you did that weren't great for me that Mm -hmm. benefited me poorly, but in the end made me better because I had to figure out the reasons why I didn't like that or like how that shaped me, why that affected me so heavily. Mm -hmm. You mean like the way I reacted or communicated? or the way even you as your own individual person communicate, which is so very different than me. Like- the way we deal with stuff is more now more similar. But like when I was younger, I was much more emotionally based. You weren't. And so <laughs> I had to look at why the logical of the side of things. It's like, like saying Kilimanjaro is a big mountain. <laughs> <laughs> like just me huh. and you come from completely different places of mm-hmm. operating systems. and But that helped me now, I think, be more well-balanced. Like I would say – yeah, I listen to my my emotions a lot, but I also think rationally and try to come at things from a logical point of view and not get so swept up in my emotions. But if I hadn't seen that like I didn't like that and Mm -hmm. that I didn't like when things had no emotion in it, then there's no way I could have like learned those lessons. So if I'm, let's say I'm listening to this and and not every person who's in the role of the kid is going to sort of take a look at it. Yeah. Let's say it's just the parent who's listening and and uh, and trying to figure out how to navigate. You know, someone said this to me once, you know, that I have a certain very specific skill set or the way I deal with things, right? Like a pretty specific gear. And, you know, one could liken it to like a hammer and, you know, and a grinder. And then this person said to me, but now it's time to wash the windows. And so basically what they were saying is I needed additional tools because the hammers are great, but you don't want to wash the windows with the hammer. So I think for me um, and for someone listening, and this is why I wanted you here, because I didn't really know where to turn to. Like we were going through a lot of things and you don't really know where to get, I don't want to say solid or sound advice or information or perspective, but it is pretty hard. And also you'll find like sometimes if kids are going through something, there's a group that wants to label them. Yeah. Oh, they're OCD, you know, they're, they're, you know, ADD, they have their compulsive, they're codependent, they have all these things. And I think that that's unfair because I think all of us go through phases where we might be all of those things and it could just be a phase. And so I think it's about being careful about people quickly labeling their children because it could just be a phase. Or, yeah, or maybe they're like that right now, and then in right. a month or a year, they won't be like that anymore. Right. And also not like totally, if your kid says like, maybe I am this, or like I'm struggling because I feel like I'm OCD, or like I'm an addict, or I'm this or that, mm-hmm. not to just be like, well, that's not true, it's just a phase. So finding Fair. the balance of like respecting and understanding that label, but that doesn't mean that it necessarily like defines the kid forever. Right. Like honoring them and their feelings. That's important. And saying, I understand why you feel that way. And then in the back of my mind, be like, well, they could probably grow out of this later on. Yeah. I think I'll be honest with you. I think, you know, we were hit with some things and I think there was a part of me that I I was reluctant to move in any direction Mm -hmm. because I didn't really know what, you know, what was, which way was up. And, And maybe in ways for your liking, I moved, I didn't make drastic enough uh, overt signs to be different or how you needed, right. right? And so I guess, you know, what would be a helpful thing to tell somebody like, hey, you're at a place, your kid is maybe going through a hard time or going through changes or has had things happen to them and then they're sort of drop it off at the parents' feet. And parents, we sort of have a choice at that moment, right? We sort of have a choice to go, oh yeah, I'm not going to deal with this and this is puberty and this is teenagers, there's ways to kind of really simplify it. 
right? Like why, why it's happening. Or we can take a look at it. Yeah. You know, and I think taking a look at it actually is very scary because then all of a sudden, let's say your kid's 12, 13, 14, then you're thinking in your mind, the most important thing that you do, which is be a parent, maybe you've been getting it wrong the entire time, or that's what it feels like, right? So you kind of want to look at that because then you think, okay, this most important thing I'm doing, and maybe I was doing it wrong the whole time. I guess from a kid's point of view, what would be the most impactful thing a parent could do in the immediate before they get their bearings? Just listen. Like, I think that sometimes when you're parenting a kid, I've seen that, like, parents are a good parent to themselves. Like, they do what they would have wanted as a kid. Sure. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what your kid needs because your kid's different than you are. So trying to, like, listen and understand what would be best for that own individual person. Mm -hmm. Like, look at your child as if it wasn't your kid. And, like, it was just a friend or, like, a stranger on the street. And how would you deal with that person? Right. This is important what you're saying, Reese, because we're so we're not objective. We can be objective with other people, with our kids, we're we're not objective. And I think learning to listen, it sounds so simple, but it's pretty powerful. Yeah. And I think the next step to listening is also not trying to solve it. You know, you know your dad and I, and we're like, oh, let's fix everything. Let's yeah. muscle this and 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 wrap it up. I think sort of just allowing it. Okay, so a parent could listen. And um, I guess the other thing, I'm, one of the other things I'm curious about is you guys are hit all day long with information, right? Technology, the internet, news, bad news about the environment, bad news about the way we're, the adults are behaving, right? Like you guys must think, think you're, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's what I want to talk about. I'd like to know from your point of view, you know, sort of we're handing the world off to you. And we're going like, oh, the water's dirty, the air's dirty. We've only got 30 years. Can you fix it? I would like to know what, what sort of position, frame of mind, as sort of a collective group that puts you guys in. And what, how that makes you look at us. Well, I feel like as, like looking around at my friends, which vary from like very different ages, a common thing is like there's not a lot of self-love and self-confidence. And there's a lot of like issues and all of them are in therapy and there's always like problems. So how can they start to like work on the bigger picture when they aren't even like good within themselves? Mm -hmm. So it's just like a shit storm. Like yeah. it's like a pile of stuff to get through. Do you think my group went through that, but we didn't talk about it? Yeah. I think we're also, because we're more open and we're more like willing to like accept who you are as a person. That also means not that we're not as tough, but we occasionally like speak about our issues and don't hide things as much, mm -hmm. which can then translate with like, not that it's, it's like, it's a great thing that we all talk about our problems, but I also think it's a finding a balance between like, okay, here's a problem, but not to dwell in it mm -hmm. and like focus on the big things. Okay. So this is important. What you're saying is, cause again, as a parent, right in your mind, you might be like, oh, this is not going to be a thing. But actually in that moment, it's yeah. like a, when the two-year-old loses their favorite Blanket. And for that person, it is a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. So, but also for your group, how do they sort of say, hey, I'm going to connect and share how I'm feeling, but then where do you develop the skill set to go and well, I think it's okay? Yeah, well, it comes from home. I mean, watching you guys, no matter like what problems we had, I saw how you guys dealt with issues. I saw like a level of 
appreciation every day, a level of like self-love, of self-care. I saw how you guys treated others and respected others. And like that translated over to me. It did? Yeah, it did. I know it's It's amazing. Miracle. Yeah. No, but Reese, this is important because, you know, parents out there and and the other side of that is this is the most important thing. You have to lead by example. Exactly. Like that, if you, because if you're speaking from something that you don't do every day, then like your kid's going to know that and they're also not going to respect you. Like everything that you want your kid to be, you have to show that in your day-to-day life. If you have issues, like be upfront, work on those issues. Like that's more respectable than hiding everything and being like, everything's perfect. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, kids are smart. We feel things. We know. Like, what, what could we do to usher you guys as fluidly as possible into young adulthood? Do, do you have ideas about this? I think it's just always going to be a rough transition. I feel like you need, I mean, like, no pain, no gain. But, like, you need a little bit of trouble, a little bit of, like, rough patches in order to, like, shoot off and do well and grow and know that, like, Yo, I, I got this because mm-hmm. I've been through some stuff and like I've handled that. I can handle what's moving forward. And so like don't make it so easy. Like if your kid's having a bad time or like like that's okay. That's part of growth. That's important. Like it's not about just like if there's a cut, you don't need to just like solve it right away and get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Like growth is through pain. Like as a kid growing, like becoming taller, we go through growing pains. Right. It's the same exact thing as translating to like becoming an adult. You're going to go through growing pains. And I just think as long as you're constant, like, to know that, like, the house is a safe place mm-hmm. where, like, okay, you guys may fight with your parents, but, like, you, they'll always be there when things are needed or important. And, like, it's always going to be somewhere where, like, you can trust them and it's reliable. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it's important. It's like a nest. It's, like, so you know that you can go out in the world and test the waters and make bad decisions and do things you're not comfortable with because you always have a place that's, like, secure. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been frustrated or angry with me, as you should. You know, that probably is a pretty natural dynamic for things I have and haven't done or said and or haven't said. And um, I'm just curious, because you are very generous this way. You remind me of your father a lot in that you sort of, I felt like I needed to be the one to push against. Like in a way, like you picked me over dad to go up against. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think when you're the parent that gets chosen to be the one to get pushed up against, it's, I don't want to say it's confusing, but maybe what I've come to realize is in a certain way, it's like the honorable role, meaning you almost gave me a gift, even though it was harder, because what you were saying to me, I think, was maybe I'm safe enough and that you're going to push up against me. And, and I only bring this up because I think that is a very common thing in a house. So if you're a single parent, then you're going to be the one. If you happen to be in a relationship, one of the parents usually gets pushed up against more. Yeah. And I think um, it's really unpleasant. I'm sure. Yeah. No, it is because no, you, sure. you love your <laughs> sure kids so yeah. much. And you, and you, and also, you know what, listen, I've said this to you and your sisters, like, I don't want to, I'm not here to be your friend. But I don't hate it if, like, it feels, like, pretty peaceful and nice yeah. and, like, when we enjoy each other. But now we're sort of in another phase. That's another thing that you'll hear uh, all parents. Like, if you have a new child and you're not sleeping, it's a phase. If they're two and they're running around and saying, no, 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 that's a phase. If they're taking their diapers off and wiping something on the wall, it's a phase. If 
they get out of bed and they're not going mm-hmm. to sleep and teenagers and such. I feel like we're in a new phase and um, it feels like you're sort of not pushing up against me as much. I think at all. I mean, well, you know, I don't want to, ta- I don't want to taboo it. <laughs> no, but I guess I appreciate that opportunity because maybe sometimes with kids, they define something about their parents like, oh, you're like this. And just like we have to be willing to sort of say, hey, I'm going to give you the space to change and be who you are. I think the fact that a kid can actually even try to mm. allow their parents to learn or do it differently. Why do you think you sort of said, okay, well, I'll give her. Because a- my goal in life is to huh. be the most like well-rounded, best human that I can be. Mm-hmm. And I needed to learn lessons from you. I needed to fight with you in order to learn those lessons. And like, I pushed up against you partly because you were different than me. You represented a lot of things that I didn't understand that I wasn't good at Mm -hmm. and that I resisted against, like order and being put together and like doing things like in a practical manner without (laughs) like, like a lot of very good things that I wasn't good at Mm -hmm. and I hated it. So I needed to push against you so that I could incorporate the things that were necessary into my own life. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important that I transitioned and also forgiveness. Like if I'm not willing to forgive you or move forward or accept that you're changing, then how can I expect anyone else to forgive me mm-hmm. or be willing to accept that I've changed too? Because listen, I made a lot of bad decisions. I has a lot of chaos in the house. Like it would make sense if you put a bodyguard outside my door and was like, for the rest of your life until you're 18, (laughs) you're not going anywhere alone. We don't trust you. Like that would make sense. But you forgave me and you accepted my willingness to change, which by the way, I changed ridiculously fast. So I don't even know how you would keep up with that. But like you managed to except me when I'd be like, well, I'm a new person this month. Like, here it is. But I also had to lend you that too. You did. Because it's a two-way street. Like, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to take care of me. Mm -hmm. But I think if you want to have a solid relationship with your parents at a certain point, like, you need a two-way street. Yeah. Because, I mean, technically, I could go out in the world and take care of myself now, and I'd probably be fine. Mm -hmm. But it's reached a point where it's like, you're helping me on my mission. Mm -hmm. So that also means I should probably work hard at like accepting who you are as a person now. Well, you only have like two years. So yeah, but (laughs) if it's that bad, you know, you can always. No, but then I wouldn't be my best self. So then I'd be going against. You you did say something to me when you were 13. I remember it perfectly. I was dropping you off to tennis and you were closing the truck door. And you said to me, you know, mom, there's a lot of things that are easy for you that aren't for me. And Vice versa. I've gone into like your art room and seen your paintings and been like, in so many ways, I'm not qualified to parent this kid. And so I guess I'm only bringing this up because I think it's a really important reminder to a parent that, you know, Reese, it's tricky because they hand you a new baby and you are responsible for them. And then the baby, you know, they really can't get around and you're taking them from point A to point B. But then somewhere in there, they're their own person and they're their own person the whole time. But then you guys reach a certain age where even if we say, hey, I don't have expectations, certainly we have expectations because it's what all the things we want for you, right? Like we yeah. want you to have great lives and, and healthy relationships and all this stuff. Um, however, the way you're going to go about getting and creating your life 
will be the way you do it. And so I think if you're someone listening, it's important just to kind of, you sort you have to roll with it. I hate to say it. And listening, and the other thing that I heard that I thought was good was, you know, it's sort of only a small part. Like parenting, yeah, is a long story. There's a long arc. And so it's almost like there's a lot of faith involved. And when people are scared, like I know when I'm scared, which is certainly about things about my kids, I get fearful and defensive. Defensive turns into anger. You know, anger is just a secondary emotion. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I spent a lot of time walling up because I was really, had moments where I was afraid. So anyway, I just, I kind of wanted to bring that up because I think uh, when they talk about Buddhists, say, oh, like, you, you know, your children are your greatest teacher. When you first hear that, you're like, oh, I don't know what that means. And after you have kids, if you're willing to be uncomfortable enough to try to see what they're saying or take a look at yourself in the process, is that you realize your love for them, my love for you is so great that you'll say, okay, I will take a look at it. Like yeah. maybe your dad could inspire me to do that, but first it's the kids. Because everyone else, you just be like, oh, yeah, but they live outside the door. It doesn't matter. And so I think it's, uh, you know, if anyone goes through things, it's like learning that your kids are there to show us things about ourselves that we do have the opportunity, even at, you know, in our 40s, 50s, 60s, and and onwards forever to to improve upon. It's all just a growth period. Yeah. Like, I mean, you went through your phases of life, like, are you going to have kids? Oh, what do you mean? I was a saint. No, I'm just going to be the mom to all the kids that don't have kids. Is that Moms? it? Yeah. Mm. That's my goal. Oh, you can be objective in that, too. I don't know about that. We'll work on it. Secretly, I hope you all birth at least one kid so I get to watch that show. Can we talk about electronics? Yeah. I need to talk about it. Okay. So maybe 80% of my sort of 75% of our thing, less now because you're older, but yeah. like now with Brody, with Brody and you, but even you. I don't know if parents have heard their daughters with their nails on clacking, texting. It's an incredible thing. Um, How do you view this instrument? And are there things about it that you think, oh, I've got to make a change here? Like, talk to me from your point of view, because we're always, okay, Boomer, I know. We're always projecting our stuff like kids today and all this stuff. I'd like to hear from your point of view on what how you view this technology, how it impacts you, and even your own hopes with your relationship with it. I definitely can see where it takes up a lot of time, for sure. But I think that, like, as I've found my passion, which mm-hmm. is sports, right, mm-hmm. it's taken me away from my phone. I'm not on it as much. I barely, besides music, like, I really don't put that much time into it. But, like, if you don't have anything going on and you don't have a passion and all you do is school or, like, friends, then that's a very easy thing to fill your time with. Mm-hmm. So I think... Like, the complicated balance would be trying to find, like, time to put aside just for yourself to maybe, like, try new things, which could be, like, whatever it is that you like, arts, sports, like, even mm-hmm. technology in a certain sense, but not to get sucked into that world. Because, like, Instagram and, like, any social media app, there's a lot going on. Like, yeah. you can find a ridiculous amount of content. Like, a very interesting stuff, watching people do, like, crazy things, but sucks your time because you're not the one doing them. Right. You're not yeah, building you're your not real life. Doing. Yeah. Do you ever feel it impact your sort of well-being if you're on it? I used to a little bit. Okay. But I mean, I've always had very good self-like strength. Mm-hmm. But if I'm on there too long and I'm like looking at girls where it's like, well, that's not actually realistic. I just like shut off my phone and be like, mm, I'm done now. Like, right. I'm but not it's gonna... having a point of reference yeah. first though. You yeah. got these young kids so who look at it. don't mm-hmm. and you think that that's how it is. 
And, like, people actually live lives like that, which nobody does. Like, no one's life is really as glamorous as it seems. Like, it's just not possible. Then it can probably, like, it takes a toll. And then you're never happy. You're never content. And I think our attention spans are so short, too. Yeah, well, they went from seven seconds 12 years ago to, like, three or four now. I mean, we don't look at videos for more than, like, three seconds. I know. Do you even see a difference between you, who's 16, and Brody, who'll be 12? Do you see a difference, even a gap between your groups? A little bit, but I think the biggest difference is, like, me growing up on Kauai and then Mm. coming to California. Mm -hmm. Like, me and my friends there, we like to go to the beach. We like to go adventure. We spend our time, like, doing things outside. But here, it's not as much that. And there's a lot of, like, conversations just around technology and, like, what's happening and who's doing what and, like, who's Mm -hmm. where. We can track each other now. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. I don't know why you guys would want to do that. Yeah. But there's a lot of good things. Like, uh, yep, that's you true. are well-connected. Mm-hmm. You know what's happening in other places of the world. Like, mm-hmm. if something doesn't want to be reported on the news or, like, whatever it is, like, mm-hmm. it's very quickly spread. Mm-hmm. And I think that's created a lot of change. Like, I, I think that we've seen a lot of shifts in society in the sense of, like, more acceptance, talking about the problems because, like, there's such a platform to spread it so quickly yeah, and to relate to one another. And, like, if you are a girl from a small town and maybe you're an artist but, like, nobody else that you know is, then, like, you have a platform to connect with people that are just like you. Right. I think it makes people feel less alone and it gives them, like, a reference point to kind of Whatever you want to do is possible. Like, you don't have to get stuck. That's right. And also knowledge. Well, you can really learn. I think the only thing is people just have to remember it is not a substitute for real connection. That's all. If you're really— But real connection changes. What does that mean? Like, yeah, your definition of real connection being— See, here's one of those moments. Mm -hmm. But I I do think real connection is important. Like, when you're with your friends, be off your phone. Yeah. Be with them. That's what I mean. But that doesn't mean— that being connected to the phone is non-existent. Like the conversations I have over the telephone or the things that I see on the telephone, they spoke just, they like spark just as much in me as like a conversation I would have in person. Like it doesn't mean it's a disconnect at all. It can be used as even more of a connection if we like allow it to be that way. Right. But it's a tool. It's whatever way you want to use it. It's true. So it's not a substitute, but I think it can just be an additional connection. Right, if you can control it. Yes, if you can control it. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit. So you are you play tennis, and you've dedicated a lot of time to tennis. Yes, I do. And there's a lot of parents out there that are pushing their kids to play sports. Have your dad and I pushed you? No. We no. haven't? No, not at all. Okay, I'll give you that money later. Yeah. No, you. but we, we didn't because we both, I think, have a pretty clear understanding that— I mean, if one thing you are is perfect sports parents— are we? Yeah. I don't think we're mean enough, though. No, you're perfect sports parents, okay. for sure. Well, we got perfect somewhere. I think when you see, because you see a lot of kids where the parents are really on them, I think if you could give advice to parents who feel inspired about their kids playing sports, I have a tendency to think, and some people might get frustrated that I say this, that I think it's them living out some of their for sure. dreams for or sure. things in through their kids. But what would you say would be the most impactful way to, if you have a kid that wants to pursue sports or you think they're really talented or it's something that brings out the best in them, for a parent, what do you, what do you think? I mean, you just got to support what they say. Like, sometimes you'll give me little tips, like, 
hey, yo, you want to go train? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I asked her to do that. But <laughs> say the truth, Reese. You'll say. I'll say, no, I mean, okay, I react first. Like, I don't want to do that. But yes. then I think, I'm like, okay, well, I did ask her. And, yes. And I asked her to use her as a reference point of like, I'm being mm-hmm. a little lazy. I need a little help to drive me. Which yeah. is true because it's hard to be motivated 24-7. Like, yeah. I definitely can't. That's why I have good coaches. I have good hitters, like even mm-hmm. you guys. But but you never, I mean, you you aren't on court with me. Like, you don't come to my practices because I ask. Mm-hmm. And it's important that, like, it comes from the kid. Because at the end of the day, like, they're the ones out there. And if, when they're, by the time they're 18 and in college or whatever it is, if if they've only ever done sports and, like, only been pushed to do that, mm-hmm. they're going to crack. Like, Or it wasn't going to be fun. That's the thing. No, but like they'll crack, yeah. In the, be, within the whole thing, it's like even when it's hard, if if you're like, yeah, it's hard, but I enjoy it. Yes, it has to be their own. Yeah, it doesn't mean you don't watch. get your ass kicked. And like I've told you, I've cried behind yeah. many a bleacher. Like it isn't always yeah, it like, sucks. Ooh, it sucks. yeah. No. I think what's interesting for me though is, so you're you know you're a big girl, you're strong and and physical. Is it? How is it for you? Is it a plus or minus? That your dad and I, we were into sports. Well, dad is still definitely deeper. both. It's good and bad. Both, yeah. I really appreciate that you guys understand what I'm going through mm-hmm. and that, like, you can kind of relate. And I love that I'm surrounded by athletes that, like, that's what they do. Yeah. And it's a dedication. It's easier to be dedicated when everyone else around you is dedicated. But it's hard, especially with dad, because, like, he's. I mean, that's not even actually a real human. Like, he's his, what he does in his sport is unrealistic to even try to like reach that level mm-hmm. because he's also so different. Yeah. But I remember when I was young, like people telling me I was only athletic or only good at something because my dad was layered or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so that made me, which I'm already naturally contrarian, but like that made me kind of reject the idea of sports and being like, no, nah, I don't want to do that because mm. it put pressure on me and I'm a girl. Like I couldn't imagine mm. having be a, a son yeah. and then your dad is like the best at what they do and you are trying to match that. Right. Or live up to that. You know, I, I was I was sharing earlier with someone that what's interesting for me, so you and I will go somewhere together with, with your father or whatever, and we have a real family. Like we have our real things where mm-hmm. it's not a pretend family or a perfect no. family. No. And then from a sort of more superficial or shallower level of depth, people will respond to your dad and I and then tell you, like, how great we are. And I always cringe inside because I'm always I'm curious if you're just like, oh, if you only knew. Like, is there parts of that to. where if we're sort of because of work or an external thing? I mean, listen, I could be the— I could work at a company and we could go to the Christmas party and people could be like, your mother is so great. You know, how does that? I mean, I definitely used to hate that, especially when we were going through our issues. I was like, are you kidding? You're going to tell me one more time that like my parents are like the best. (laughs) But I also was capable of like looking at you guys, not from a, like Mm -hmm. being your kid. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, like they are the best. They're very good at what they do. And like, I mean, I've always told you this even when I didn't like you very much. <laughs> I was. I would always tell you, I think you're the best human ever, but not the best mother, mm-hmm. which wasn't very nice. But like That wasn't like a knife or anything in the eyeball. No, probably not. <laughs> not at all. But I definitely like could look at you and dad and be like, those are, as humans and what they represent, incredible people. And like they hold a very positive place for a lot of people to look up to. And so I always 
respected you guys for that, even if I didn't, we weren't at our best place in Mm -hmm. a mother-daughter or father-daughter relationship. So the environment, do you guys feel like you've been handed like a broken toy? Yeah, for sure. Does it weigh on you? Like, why bother with the future? Because we're not going to have, you know, food and there's only, you know, 60 more cycles of dirt. And like, how does it impact you when you pertaining to the perception of your life and your future? I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. It's important. Especially me for like how much the ocean means to me. Yeah. And like knowing that like if I have kids, like sharks, I would never get to share that with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely weighs on, like, any ideas that I have for the future. Like, I'm kind of like, okay, just get really good at tennis, go to college, get your thing so that then you can go, like, work hard to fight for the environment from, like, a government side or, like, more of, like, a political side. So that is what I think about every day. Mm-hmm. But then you can't get stuck in that. Like, you have to be realistic but also be positive. Like, in our day-to-day lives, what can we do best to help the planet? Mm-hmm. And and most of my friends that are young are very aware. You know, like we try not to buy plastic. Yeah. We don't really like use things that are going to hurt the environment. But it shifts, I think, your whole like plan for the future of what you'd like to do. Especially if you actually care about like nature. humans or nature. If oh, you have right. any connection at all, like it shifts like the way you think about your life completely hundred percent. Does it feel like when, you know, especially when you look at politics or business, that does your group, I think I, I mean, I mean, obviously I know the answer, but I want to talk about it. Like that the older generations are not trustworthy. I think there's two ways or there's a few ways you can look at it. But like, I understand I don't have hate or anger Mm -hmm. as much towards them because I understand that it's just a lack of knowledge and it's a different way of being raised. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not their fault that like they were raised the the way that they were raised and that that's how they live, right? Because it's about success and money and like doing well. And it's honorable in the sense of like providing for your family because I I understand like that's what a lot of people shoot for, even if it means like just self-interest, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like not in a negative way, just look out for yourself and your family and don't think about anything else because maybe that's what they had to do. But now it's reaching a point where it's like, but self-interest means taking care of everyone because mm-hmm. if we all don't work together to save the planet, then, like, we're all going to suffer. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not, like, trust. It's just the hope that, like, they'll start to wake up. Yeah. And that at least just support. Or die, at least. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> just at least try to, like, support everybody that's trying to, like, make an impact. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of like a lot of the studies and a lot of things mm-hmm. that we knew, I mean, yeah, they've been out for probably a couple years. And some now. are longer. Yeah, mm-hmm. some a long time, but not like not a super, super long time. Yeah. Not like their great great grandfather yeah. knew about this and then it's still happening. But it's a transition. Like people's mentality, it's hard to change something when you're such in a groove and that's the way that's been going for so long. Yeah. So I think it's just about like trying to have hope that people will make the shift. So one last thing, I will talk to you again, but I think what's interesting for me witnessing younger people trying to develop and understand who they are or get at least a sense of that simultaneously to being able to have input from hundreds and thousands of people, like I didn't have to grow up with that. 
And I wonder sometimes if it makes you, do you have to just forego it and say, okay, I'm going to rebel completely against that. If I'm criticized or people rag on me, it's fine. Or I'm going to be really careful and try not to, you know, rock the boat. Like that amount of input, what is that like to grow up with? Personally, for me, I don't listen to anyone. Like at all. Well, that I know. No, like I I don't listen to anybody. Like I fully trust myself. I know that I will make the best decisions for myself. I know that I like. Okay, maybe. But if somebody writes, but but there's three or four. But there's yeah. But I don't care because I trust in myself that I will prevail and be on my mission. So I think that. It's hard, yeah. It's definitely difficult when you're hearing all these negatives, but it's important to remember that, like, this is just how they feel about themselves. When people say mean stuff, how people react has absolutely nothing to do with me. It has to do with how they feel about themselves, and they're just projecting that on me. But it is hard okay, to mean, arrive at that for when sure. you're younger and yeah. you're trying to but even that's why figure you, that but out. But it's a work in progress. Right. Like, I mean, I definitely went through a, a long time of self-doubt, a long time of, like, not that much— like self-worth, I had self-love, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't like I didn't believe that I was as worthy as my friends or as the others around me. But if you can just like kind of work every day. It's like sports, like things don't come quickly. No. It's a work in progress. Every single thing is a work in progress. So is mental health. Like if you can work at it and be Mm -hmm. steady every day, that doesn't mean you don't have bad days. Like that is how you arrive at a constant place. I think accepting... That stuff's hard. Like, just accept it. Like, okay, yeah, people say mean stuff and it really hurts me. And right now it impacts me a lot. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that in two, three weeks or in a year or two that it's going to impact me as much. Or that it's even true. Just like, by the way. Yeah, accept the the path that you have to be on yourself. Yeah. But just continue to work towards it. It's like we talk about, like, feel the emotion but don't get stuck in it. Yeah. Like, okay, understand that what people say is hard to deal with. Yeah. And it's a lot coming at you. A lot. But then be able to remove yourself from that situation and be like, this is how I feel right now. That's fine. But I'm not going to like let it consume my everything. And for people that don't have like good support systems. Yeah. Which is hard. It's important to like find the good, which is another beautiful thing about technology. Like, Look at all the beautiful things that people are doing together. Work hard to help others. Like if mm-hmm. you can, I think, strive to help others that are maybe in the same pain as you are or at least share your story or be communicative. Mm-hmm. Like because there is people that always want to listen. Like I mean, even if it's a school counselor or it's like, I don't know. So you think it's a, a good random, idea to share that to, to and talk about your emotions, to don't hold that. Like, stuff it in. It's right. not. If you're feeling the weight of like thousands of people commenting, like, is it your job to hold that? No, it isn't. It isn't. Right. Right. Well, um, Viola, I, uh, sorry, Reese, Viola mm-hmm. Hamilton. Yes. I, uh, I don't want to take up any more of your time because you have practice, but um, I do appreciate your input because I think for me, I'm learning each day. And um, one of the people I learn from is you. And, just being able to witness sort of your group and what you guys have to navigate is a real reminder to me that um, maybe I grew up doing it a certain way and a lot of those things work pretty well. And then there's a lot of things that needed to be changed and or added. 
uh, because we're in a different time. So I uh, appreciate that. And so if you're listening and you have kids, what? okay, so what are we saying, Reese? The number one thing you can do is love them. Be constant and listen. And listen. And respect Here we they're go. their own individual person going mean, through their own things and you can't always Cut your kids it. some slack and cut your parents some slack. Yeah. I know it's hard to watch your kids suffer though. I want I to know, tell you. It sucks. You got to. Oh, I hope you have kids. I can't wait to I be do. like that I lady do. on the couch just like laughing. By then I will be drinking alcohol and I'll be like, yeah, Granny Gabby is over here watching you navigate. Me and my like 30 kids. No, you'll probably have like a son though. You'll get off the hook. No yeah. offense. Y'all are com- complex. Girls are complex. Yeah, women, women are definitely intricate. Aren't they? <laughs> There's four of them in this house. <laughs> Sometimes more. That's like the justice for Laird. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share or encourage people to do? I feel like just patience with all things. Are we in the matrix? Yeah. Just okay. patience. <laughs> patience with your kids and whatever they're doing. Or with your parents, too. And with yourself. Amen. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. So I decided after we did the podcast with Reese, even though she was pretty reluctant, that it might be good to have Laird on here to talk about parenting since we do it together. And um, you might hear actually in the beginning of the interview, Laird actually doesn't want to be here. He didn't want to sit down. He was, uh, it was a day before he was leaving for a trip to go to Portugal to chase waves. But, you know, partnering with Laird and parenting with Laird for all these years, for 24 years, I've learned a lot from him. And I just thought it was worth having what is a very messy conversation which is parenting and how to do it and all the insecurities that you have and not knowing how to do it and how scary it is. And um, at times, even how unfun it is. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that is sold to us that it's supposed to be bliss every moment. And the fact is, um, it's not. And And it's really like we're all sort of fumbling through it. So I just to put these two interviews together. So we've got Reese's point of view and now Laird and I. Have you already left to Portugal? Is that what's happened? No. It's going. Are we going? Yeah. You haven't? Are you sure? Uh, yeah. I feel like there's a transition sometimes, like when you're going, because yeah, yeah. I know it's- It's like Romanowski, you know, don't talk to me on Thursday. <laughs> but the game's on Sunday. Are you feeling like that? Are you excited? No. Yeah, I'm good. You a little, know. A little break from the- Suppression. Not that, a break. I don't need a break. I'm, I'm joking. I'm going I'm joking. out into the- Well, that, which leads me actually to why I wanted to have you here. Thank you. I always love the battle. To have me here at the house. Oh, my gosh. And just to ask you a few (laughs) questions. (laughs) So I I don't know if you know this, but I interviewed our daughter, our middle daughter, Reese Viola. Yes. And uh, she was, uh, she played nice, but she was not happy about doing it. And I thought it would be an interesting thing where if I'm sitting here asking people questions and asking them to reveal either something about themselves or that they believe that we are, that I'm doing the same Mm -hmm. and uh, nobody better to tell the truth about you than your children, maybe, or their perceived truth, I should say. Aren't aren't all the truths each person's perceived truth? Correct. Um, But there is truth and there's a difference between the the truth and and your truth (laughs) and a truth. But I I thought it would be a really good, because I sort of feel like a great majority percentage of our conversation is around our children, which would make sense. Especially at this particular juncture, juncture in their lives and our lives. Yeah. So our youngest is 12, our middle 16, and our oldest 
is a grown-up. She's 24, yeah. and she's out in the real world. And um, I guess, you know, what's helped me through this process is your perspective. You've been really a grounding force for me or someone who's shown me a different perspective. I used to joke about, like, you driving home and I'm out by the garbage cans crying because either I was too mean or not mean enough. Yeah, scary and- thought that I'm the... <laughs> You know. The voice of reason. Yeah. And that you said to me, you know, you love them and you're here. And um, I, th- I think our kids are smell blood and they know I have a lot of insecurities as a parent because I, I just, you know, I think you, most of us do, but I think especially maybe when you didn't have a, a model per se, yeah. you feel like you're really fumbling through. And it feels like almost like more is on the line because, you know, when your parents are not around or they're there but not there, you place a lot of importance and selfishly, like I don't want to be somebody who really regrets um, not participating as much as I can. Absolutely. Well, I think when you, when you don't have all your parents participating all the time, then maybe you think that somehow that if that doesn't happen, it it could be detrimental, which maybe it's not, it's just maybe, maybe it's not detrimental. Maybe it's, well, I always joke that my mother's a genius. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. I was washing my own clothes at eight and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> Pretty smart. She is smart. Um, but I guess I wanted to have you here because we're obviously in a different stage. Uh, we're in the tween. Of development? Teen. Our development or their development? Well, probably both. Because really this is, you always say this is about us, yeah, right? This so is about parenting, is about us growing up. It is. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not called kidding. No. Yeah. Is is that okay? So when they're born, Talk to it, me. it's the unknown, yeah. and then you're not going to rush me through this, Laird. I know that. Okay, and you're tired, and everyone's frustrated, and nobody has enough personal time or relationship time, and then they're little and learning their voice, and everything is dangerous, and there's that part where you're you know sort of running after them, but you you kind of feel like you have ver- moments of doing a good job, like you're like oh their clothes are clean and. They're not crying right now. Yeah, we're doing a good job. And then you get to this stage, and and that's if you've had, like, some one of them goes through something or has something happen. Then you've got these unexpected sort of turns that happen for all of us. And I guess what I'm interested in is, from your point of view, is there ever a moment where, because you always seem pretty steadfast. I know you get frustrated, but you always seem steadfast, and I feel like I'm always concerned you know like is anyone going to like them are they going to be grateful people um it's all that stuff so how do you where does that come from and i know you had a good mom so and i know you were hell on wheels maybe you think that maybe that's it maybe you think back to like well when i was that age i was (laughs) well and also maybe that's just the positions that maybe the position of a mom is to run all the scenarios that could or could not be in the position of the dad is to not run all the scenarios and just be like, you know, it's going to be how it's going to be. And, you know, you don't have necessarily the kind of participation that you think you may, you might have. But where do the lessons? I mean, what's that? Like, what are the lessons? Like now that you're here, what, what is sort of different maybe than before you had kids about that? Before I had kids, I wasn't driving my kids to school. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I, okay, yeah, I'll yeah, start, yeah, I'll no, start. I'll I thought like, oh, if, we're, if I'm in a healthy relationship, yeah. which I think we do yeah. a good, pretty good yeah. job. I mean, you know, as good as couples can do. Yeah. 
we're 24 years in. I mean, we go to bed pretty early. We make dinner at home. We, they're getting an education. They're safe. We're doing those things that you think are, you know, you're marking the box. And then there's other things that you're learning about being emotional and how to love and they don't love in your language and all these things. But I think that I thought I would be able to avoid so many things by checking these boxes. And I and one time Becky said to me, you know, we all get our, our turn in the chamber. And I was like, oh, yeah, come on, don't be ridiculous. Like, we can avoid it. And I think maybe that's it. Maybe that this is what parenting is. Well, you mean being in the chamber? Yeah, and it's, sometimes it's so uncomfortable. Like a lot of the time, especially as they get older and the sort of stakes are higher, which means they're closer to getting out of your house, but also now they're riding around in big vehicles and they can kind of get into these sort of more serious scenarios. But maybe it's just hazing, you know? Maybe it's just... <laughs> Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe you're just you know getting the payback for what you did, and then the, and then they got you know they get the payback for what they did, and so it just goes down the you know it goes down the line like the pay the the true punishment for being a you know a hard child to raise, which I think that there's no such thing as not a hard child to raise because at some point if they're easy then there's a difficulty in that. I just think that there's no way to avoid certain aspects of the kind of pressure that having influence over a child has, that you that you have a certain amount of pressure being a father or a mother or a caregiver or, or a guardian of, or mm-hmm. however you want to describe it, that that pressure itself, you just can't, there's no way around. It being uncomfortable? Just, it can't, it can't, there, there's just no way to, to avoid it. I don't, I don't think in, no matter what you do, because at some point you're going to be like, you're going to get it. You're going to, you know, and that's why Becky says, you know, no one gets out of the, everybody's going to be in, in the chamber at some point. But I, you know, I think that that's a piece of it. A, a piece of it is just that that's what also keeps pushing you forward, right? That's what keeps you trying to do the right thing and, be better and be, and just because it forces awareness, it forces you to constantly be like, you know, you're, uh, you're on, uh, you're on guard. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, the Pink Panther where, it, you know, he just jumps, the guys jumps out on him all the time. It's like, they're just right when you think it's okay, they just jump out on you. And so you're just always on guard, like, you know, and I, I think there's something, and I think that maybe the difference between how I act being on guard and how you act being on guard is the differences between how we both see it and do it. You know, that I'm, I'm a little bit like, Oh, whoops, you flew out and kicked me right where it hurts. And you're like, Oh, well, if they fly out and kick me where it, the thing, and then that could happen. Then they don't and, respect yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You read into it too far. <laughs> uh, and I'm, and, and maybe, you know, I think I'm do I, I'm doing, I'm trying to do what it, what, is necessary for me to survive it. Like, I'm just going, how can I survive, you know, a groin shot again? Um, exhale, stay still, don't move. You know, like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to survive it. Maybe that's just a piece of it. And, I'm, and that's the method in which I go about trying not to overreact, trying to, trying to continue to, 
trying to just be present and not and not block it out and you know participating participating right. you're participating but then how can you participate and survive while you're participating i'm just it's just a strictly survival run for me i'm just like how you do st- i survive you stop drinking way too early yeah. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> i should have done it reverse i should have started right when we had kids yeah, to start drinking perfect. alcohol yeah, perfect lots of it <laughs> I would have been like, yeah. Well, I think the the interesting other dynamic that we have is that in certain ways you're more emotional and more sensitive. I think I'm so busy sometimes hitting all the marks and you you have a, a really great, a keen ability to to just go in and be like, oh, I'm just going to hug them. And, and obviously we have daughters and at certain ages, you know, they kind of, it feels like they in certain ways push their mom away and in certain ways they push their dad away. It's like different dynamics. On different days, at different times. Depends on who they think they can get leverage over. Like that too. push dad away because he'll say no. Oh, mom, it's all about mom. Yeah, she, so I great. can get to her. <laughs> no, this is mom. Mom's not going to let me, but dad will. Just Does any of your behavior surprise you? Like sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like a stiff old lady in certain ways in this very moment. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I, you know, I would say that I do react at times like the dad. You know, that I don't want to have react like that. Like, really, I, I, I don't become, see it that often. Uh, it happens. I react. I have reactions at certain points, just when I'm, you know, low blood sugar, <laughs> little, little, you know, and I get the per. You know, it's like I can take the groin shot at different points better than other times. Sometimes I'm just a little, it's like a little too close to, to home. And sometimes I'm, I'm better at, uh, at taking that. And that's something that I have to, that, you know, again, that's back to. It's for uh, us to, yeah, to develop. It's, it's called parenting, not kidding. You know, we used to go through the airport and like, if we're on trips, I always feel like, you know, you're like, did you get the, you know, like there's that tiny little tension between the couple mm. Especially yeah. after after the trip, or yeah. trying to get like for us to get in the vehicle to get to the airport to, go, to, yeah, to yeah. catch the flight. Yeah. I know how much you love that. Yeah. And then I have this weird fantasy where I see other families, and I'm like, oh, look at how like everyone's so nice, and like they're all their kids are all organized. Like you know, all our kids look like wild banshees, and their hair is going everywhere. And I think that is a fantasy, though. I, well, it always looks greener. You it know. does? Well, when you look over, you go, oh, that's nice and green. And you get over there, like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's the same grass. It's the same, you know. I, I mean, I think different people have different versions of it. Mm-hmm. But it's all also, too, what you can, sometimes I feel like, you know, you, you get you get what you can handle. So it's like, oh, you can handle more, you're going to get more. Like, you can't handle a lot, we won't give you a lot. You know, it's so there's some of that, too. I, I think there's a aspect to that and, and uh and and I think it's really important to remember as a parent, and again, you've been helpful, is that a lot of it, it isn't a big deal. And I know sometimes I lean too close and I go, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. this behavior at 12 or 13 or whatever, or three, you know, yeah. it's but all. It's a, but, but, you know, it's like when you're with them every day, you don't see how much they grow. Yeah. So when you're parenting every day, you don't see how much they grow. Like, and I don't mean physically grow. I mean, like, you don't see them growing. And then people from the outside will go, wow, it's your kid, blah, 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 blah. You know, you're like, really? Because you're just so, it's so, we're so, it's, it's, you know, micro, the micro, we're looking at just right there in front of us. We're not really looking at the overall thing. And then, and then it's part of it's just having faith. Like, you got to just believe like, like they're going to be okay. And And believe in them. Well, and believe in that. There's a higher, you know, 
power that's overseeing all of it because otherwise it would all be chaos. You know, that there has to be some sort of governing. Would you have any, I don't want to say advice, because I think parenting is also very personal. Mm. You know, especially when people have babies, I go, listen, this is a very personal experience. I wouldn't have the audacity to give too much advice. But if you sort of had advice, even for the parent, not directed to how to parent, what would that be? Uh, You know, I I think I'm still trying to learn that right now myself right now what you know what is the what is the best way or what's what's a way I think I think a big piece of it is to again like I said have faith like just have that you know that believe that they're going to be good and they're going to be okay is a big piece of them being good and being okay I think that you really have to kind of let go a little bit of it in the sense of don't just try to think that you're it's because your whip is going to make the horse move it's it's not that horse is gonna i mean it's like these kids are gonna there's pieces to that that obviously you have to participate in obviously that's why i talk about loving them but a big piece of it too is just part of it is that having the faith to believe that they're gonna that that you hope that that you're because they're watching what you're doing and not what you're saying so you're hoping that your conduct is sinking in you know, you because your words aren't, you know that, they're, they're, the words are bouncing off. So you're praying that something's going in. And so you kind of have to hope that that you've, well, and, and if you haven't, then you have to rethink that too, but that you're conducting yourself yeah. in a way that is having influence over them to the point that that's going to come out at some point. And I told, you know, so I was talking to somebody about it the other day and I'm, I'm like, you know, you don't know the seeds that you planted and the tree might not, you might not even see the tree for 40 years. Unfortunately, they might already be out of your house for, you know, yeah. 35 or, you know, yeah. 20 or whatever. I mean, but they're, uh, you know, that's a that's a big piece of it too. Again, believing that, you know, that you've planted some good seeds in there and that, and that they're going to, it's going to grow a tree that they're going to, that, that you'll get to observe them bearing the fruits from, at least you hope. But again, back to that kind of having some faith that, that that they're going to be okay. That it's okay. It's it's going to be okay. And that and that. Uh, and even when it's scary, you know, we've gone yeah, through some yeah. things that were felt scary. Yeah. And I, what's well, ongoing? Know. Every time you they drive out or fly out or yeah, go out or things. they're out or whatever. You're you know, you can't. You're not going to be there every second. You know. I think that's another really important thing. Is sometimes people their kids go through things, and then I know I've experienced this where you. You feel guilty because you were like, oh, I should have been there or that mm. shouldn't. And I don't think we can't be there every second. No. You know, it's like. You can't. That's a hard one. You know. For sure. So I think the reason I wanted to have this discussion is because I'm going to, you know, Reese is coming up and yep. she has a lot of interesting opinions. I learn a lot from Reese. I mean, I learn a lot from all the girls and. Just that I want to say that I really have learned a lot also watching you and borrowing certain things, but that if people choose not to have children, I always say, listen. If- I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, no, now but, more than ever. <laughs> no, listen, it's confusing, and it really makes you look at yourself, and um, it tests your partnership, that's for sure. But also, I want to encourage people that, like, hey, if they've decided that that's okay, too, and that the, I mean, it's more than okay, and that if we can actually figure out, like, how to make ourselves 
happy. That's yeah. a start. Yeah. And that if you think if you have a child that they're going to be exactly how you expect them to be and now you'll be even happier. Good luck. I don't think that's what it is. Yeah. It's a rich and and uh, difficult process. Tempering, I call it. Yes. And so I have learned through this, though, that to your point is to love them and also be open. Yeah. Like I've learned oh, the way that you love me or talk to me that way, that doesn't work for me. And I've had to really look at that. But also I learned to apologize. I think that that's really powerful, even when they're little, is because that that builds trust, that you're not just, you know, the dictator. It's just sometimes we blow it or we misreact to something. And I've learned that there's a lot of power in also apologizing to them. And um, Well, yeah, but there's a lot of power in just, humanizing yourself being being that's really scary to do in front of your kids yeah well especially because they use it against you when you first do it when they're young always that (laughs) i mean listen and just because you don't have children doesn't mean you're not a father or a mother so listen at the end of the day i think that you know there's a lot of opportunities to be to give love yeah and and to lead by example and to you know and to be a mentor and i mean listen there's just those are just opportunities the kids just happen to be one of the greatest challenges of that because that you have the pressure because they're yours, you know, that always your children. <laughs> so that somehow makes it a lot more intense, right? Because yeah. if they're somebody else's, then you can have all this great influence and it's amazing. No pressure. You and I are are like really good influence on a lot of yeah, other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for children. Except our own children. Yeah. And that's the other thing is yeah, I yeah. think if you have a kid that's like like you said, has an outside mentor or an auntie or an uncle. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Who, as long as they can get the good message. Yeah. Well, I mean, the people, the thing is the people that you aren't related to, they always, you know, kind of have a tendency to believe you more. <laughs> just people you're related to are just like, yeah, no. They just automatically take a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, no, that's not right. My favorite is when Brody wants to talk to you about surfing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're a good surfer and they're yeah, not a good surfer. Yeah, yeah. And he's a shortboarder, you know. I mean, you don't shortboard yeah, yeah. and like, you know, all that. <laughs> I learned a lot from Brody. In fact, I need to go learn some from her. Right I know now. you're going to pick her up from school. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, we'll continue this because yeah. you know every there's, night well, we we, no end to we it. go to sleep, and I'm like, and what do you think about this? Yeah, there's no end to it. And I just think it's important for people to know that um, it's beautiful and it's scary and it's hard, and you can be better at it and you can be worse at it. Mm. And um, well, but the most important thing is you got to- Show up. Yeah, love them. And show up, yeah. yeah. Show up and love them. There are days that- uh, You don't have to like them. I didn't say like them. I said You did? Them. Okay. I didn't say like them. Okay, one last thing. Okay. Three daughters. Yeah. Your mom passed away after Bella was born. Yeah. And she never got to see that you were surrounded. Yeah. <laughs> what has having three daughters for someone who's in your particular path, I mean- kind of fascinating obviously it's some lesson that i need to learn <laughs> well and it's a and it's a, and it's a blessing as well it's like being first of all it gives you a real sense of purpose you know and i mm-hmm. think that children in general give you a sense of purpose uh, relationships give you a sense of purpose but nothing gives you quite the purpose that having children does They're like a like a you know like hey got to provide you got to protect you know got some peas to do got some Got to love, got to, got to discipline, got to lead by example. I mean, you got a lot of stuff going on with it. And I think that 
there's certain aspects of that are, that are magnified for a man when he has daughters. I think mm-hmm. that those things are magnified and brought uh, to the forefront if you're participating, you know, wholeheartedly. Yeah. And that, so I think that's a big, uh, a big piece of it that, you know, it's, 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 things are magnified and, and, uh, and, but then so are the, you know, the intensity, but so are the blessings, right? So there's right. nothing like the, the love of, uh, of a daughter for the father. It's just, I know I get to watch it the all the time for the daughter. Yeah. It's just, just <laughs> part of the deal. I'm yeah. just over here. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. I don't mind actually. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful to watch. And you do it very well, Laird. You're oh, very loving oh, to your I, girls. I appreciate that. I mean, if nothing else, yeah, I they will yeah. they will choose a partner. Yeah, I'm set. I'm trying to set that a high cherishes bar. them. Yeah, they better. <laughs> if, if that's one of the only things they get from this relationship that they have with me, would be that they would uh, have certain expectations from their man. Like, oh, that's you better be, or, you know, or their woman. That's true. Just their partner. Amen. It's, amen. All right, go get Brody. Okay. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. All of my music was graciously done by Frank Zumo and Tom Thacker. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.